Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's Tuesday, people. And we have Miss Lara Lavi, who is the CEO of Death Row Records. Uh, she will be calling in today, giving us an idea of what's going on with uh, Death Row and um, where she plans on taking the, the brand and everything. So we're excited about that. But for right now, until uh, we get a chance to talk to her, we're going to get into a little bit of music right here. So, um... Uh, let me see what I'm going to play for y'all right now. Uh, well, let's get into a little bit of Mano. Yo, Payne, you ready? Yeah. Mano, let's lock it low. Yeah. Just play. Yeah. No, turn me up. Yeah. I think we got one. Yeah. Here we go. Tell me what do you see. Hello. You're on the line with Spade Radio. Hey, this is uh, Laura Lavi, the... Uh CEO of Death Row Records calling in. Hi, how are you? I was supposed to call today, right? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> All right, I'm here. <laughs> All right, it's it's great to have you. Um, it's uh, first, it's a it's a pleasure to have you. And um, thank you. Uh, definitely, definitely. So um, I'm sure the people are very interested in you, you know, as a person since you're heading such a major uh, record label. Um, what basically is your background? Let's say before Death Row. Well, I started in the music business as a very young girl as a musician and eventually um, became a writer for Warner Chapel, a songwriter, and an artist on A&M Horizon with a couple cool projects. And um, I played piano, violin, viola, really, really bad guitar. <laughs> but I also had a parent who put a premium on education. I was very blessed with a very privileged upbringing, so... Um, big time school stuff. So I have, I've gone to University of Chicago, University of Michigan, law school, blah blah blah, all that. And uh, some kind of, uh, some people will say it's, I guess, a Renaissance thing. Um, others will say I'm just left and right brain oriented, both. But I think I'm just sort of like a Forrest Gump in the music industry, marching around. I just end up places. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. So, um, so with your background, that's what made them approach you about heading the record label from. Well, about four years ago, I was approached by some financiers out of uh, Ontario, Canada, who were interested in putting a new breed company together. And I'd been doing a lot of speaking, and I represented, you know, as a as an attorney, some pretty amazing artists, and so. You know, I had enough of a pedigree to be someone that would be a good candidate for them. And in the course of, you know, a couple of years, um, Wide Awake Entertainment Group, which is the Canadian company, was formed and, and started going very slow. And then as we gained confidence with each other and um, um, and so on, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what we found was that we're we're sitting in a place where, um, you know, we should probably combine strategies of developing intellectual property entertainment assets from scratch uh-huh. that we own fully and acquisitions that are generating income because okay. we had our infrastructure together sufficiently. So they asked me to go find something that was making money, which is not so easy to do these days. And so I started talking to my... Um, 
connects in Los Angeles and uh-huh. New York, and one of our colleagues, Vijay Chandran, who's a private banker and a uh, owns a, gr- a company called the Covery Group that does a lot of financing for uh, entertainment. Uh, he said that the Death Row catalog was um, up for auction in bankruptcy, and I said, "Oh man, they're never going to want that. <laughs> That's a mess." And uh, and uh, um. And instead, they turned around and they said, yeah, no, go after it. So I had to do, like everyone else that was interested in the catalog had like a year or so to kind of analyze the deal. And my team had, like, at tops two months to do a ton of work. And we did, and I'm really proud of everybody that worked on, you know, figuring it out. And, and you know, we ended up going into the auction and we won the bid, which was shocking. We never thought that would happen. And, you know, now it's about cleaning up the mess and trying to get this stuff to the fans in a way that they'll be uh, happy. And uh, from what I read, the bid was for $18 million. Is that correct? Or you can't say? Um, yes, I can. It's public information. Oh, okay. um, we bid 18 We paid 18 okay. Nobody challenged us. <laughs> that okay. would be why after being in this for a while. <laughs> Okay. All right. So uh, where do you plan on taking a death row brand as far as um, uh, from where it is right now? Where do you think we should take it? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff you can do. Right, well, you, you want me to be the um, the uh, uh, consultant for the project? <laughs> yeah, give me your ideas. No, I'm, seriously, you know, I mean, you've got a brand that has some good points and some challenging points, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to some degree, the brand is associated with not paying its artists, um, with the tabloid activity of its previous owner, etc. And to other degree, it's the soundtrack of many people's lives. Um, it's an iconic collection of, of art that um, reflects a socioeconomic era that I don't think we should get complacent about right now, just because we have a groovy president. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the trick is is to allow this to have a new life, um, apply it to feature film and to some degree gaming, but feature film and television are an interesting way to use the music to tell stories um, that we're still dealing with or Uh stories that are retrospective. So I think a big piece of what we're going to do is participate in the film industry. And what's exciting about that is our partner for sync placement and publishing and stuff like that is... uh, uh, Evergreen Copyrights, who have a okay. nice office right there in New York, and okay. they're very aggressively, you know, placing um, this catalog. And there's a great advantage to this catalog because, with the exception of the Tupac Publishing, um, the company acquired all of the masters and associated publishing of the artists. So, you know, that doesn't mean the artists don't get royalties, but it means we have administrative control to go ahead and and place stuff, which before was sitting in limbo, um, either because of mismanagement prior to the bankruptcy and then during the bankruptcy. So this is a very new day for the availability of this music for new applications. And I think that's a very, very important part of um, the future. The other thing is, um, you know, with all due respect to the marquee artists, um, uh-huh. you know, they don't need us. They're They're doing their thing. They're making money. You know, they're doing great. Um, we have an excellent relationship with um, Afini Shakur and her team, and great, great. we're very, very, very respectful of that relationship. Um, it's pro- I, I, w- I thought it was going to be the hardest, and it's turned out that 
you know, frankly, it's a bunch of women running that thing, and, you know, <laughs> we all get along really well, and we get it, you know, we're all respectful, and we're all thinking through the problems together, uh-huh. and we've made more progress in working together than with anyone else, and it should be instructive to the other artists that we actually are putting our money where our mouth is, and... Okay. Um, one of the thi- but with the other artists, we're meeting with a lot of resistance, both the marquee artists and the, you know, the more core audiences, the dog pound folks and stuff like that. And you know, the challenge is um, because of the sins of the prior management, you know, some of the market valuation, just in terms of straight sales and so on, isn't where it should be given the quality of this music and the iconic value of these producers. Like someone like Daz is incredible the work he's done. Definitely. But um but where it all sits is is like how do you rebuild with them when there's so yeah. much distrust. So, you know, it's it's almost as basic as I was joking around today with our comptroller that I was going to have us print out like giant Ed McMahon sized checks, you know, <laughs> and for the first royalty, we were going to go around with a camera and deliver them to everyone's door, you know, yeah. as if they had won the publisher sweepstakes, you know, because these guys have never received a royalty check, you know, they, wow. don't, they don't even know what that's like, and so that makes them angry. I understand that as an artist, I totally understand that as the head of this company, you know, all I can do is behave appropriately, not behave like the previous guys. So this is going to be a long approach. So once we get those guys sort of in line and feeling good and and seeing where we can involve them, then I think that will happen is that the label will start clicking along like a company again and 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 um people will feel good about death row, you know. I I but I also know that we're going to have to branch out and create new applications for this music and we have some graphic novel ideas that we're shooting around and film ideas and gaming ideas and okay. you know Apple apps and different things you know because merchandising all that stuff so it's just going to be one day at a time okay all right um that's pretty simple enough um so are you are you guys signing new artists or do you have any are you, did you do any recent signings of any new um, artists we're not aggressively signing right now cuz we're sitting on thousands of masters that are unreleased and we want to honor the original artists first by getting our plans together to get their stuff out okay um but that being said we're paying close attention to the artists that were on the roster that have new projects uh-huh. kind of as that was then this is now philosophy Okay. And so Danny Boy, Crooked Eye, Daz, Corrupt, The Dog Pound, those guys, we're definitely looking to see what are they doing now and how can we work with them. You know, okay. and we're just hoping people will be realistic in approach. Okay. Uh, are any of the uh, original people involved, like uh, Suge Knight or Dr. Dre and Snoop or anything like that? Not at this time. Suge Knight would not be coming back. That, that would probably not work um, for any oh. of the artists. But um, Dre is busy doing his own thing, and so is Snoop. Um, we've been in dialogue with their people. Um, you know, I've tried very hard to talk to them, but again, there's there's an unrealistic element to where they think the math is in terms of, you know, us correcting the wrongs of the people before us. So we just have to take this in very small bites. Okay. So um, you guys own the entire death row catalog so is is there any part of the catalog that you don't own or most or you guys own most of it we own all of it 100 percent of it oh okay all right all right and um so are the, which uh, artists are do you actually listen to a lot of the hip-hop that's out now and stuff on the radio 
I do. I mean, I'm a musician, so I listen to everything. Um, I'm really, you know, on the bandwagon for Drake right now. <laughs> he's <laughs> wow. from Toronto. Okay, yeah, another he's person. From Tor- <laughs> he's from Toronto. You know, he's a good, good young man. He's a good heart. You know, he works really hard. He's multi-talented. Um, I'm thinking he's cool, you know. It feels have cool you ever met Drake? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have the same uh, senior legal counsel, so we all know each other. We run into each other at the, you know, all the time. My office is right next door to Chris's office, the lawyer. And, uh, you know, and, I, and it's funny because Drake came to me a couple of years ago because my 10-year-old is a child actor, and his agent is also uh, Drake's agent. Okay. Uh, for acting, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they wanted to see if we could work together then. And I looked at him, and I thought, immensely talented, can't break out of Canada, go to the United States. And, you know, it was the best thing he did. It was fantastic for him. I'm very, very happy for him. Definitely, definitely. And what do you think of, um, like, the new boys? Uh, new, the new boys are going to be on the show next week. Um, what do you think of new boys and uh, Soldier Boy, those guys? Well, my son loves Soldier Boy. I mean, keep in mind, I'm older, you know, and I think that <laughs> Soldier Boy is going to appeal to a younger audience than me, you know, but I have such high respect for any artist that manages to squeeze their art out of their head, through their hands and mouth, onto something that they recorded it on, get it to commerce, and make some money, okay? I have such huge respect because the amount of work entailed in that, whether it's death, speed metal, gangster rap, pop rap, singer-songwriter, soul, R&B, you know, children's music, whatever, This is all such a miracle that anything makes it to market because it's so hard to do. Same in the film world Mm -hmm. that, you know, I just live in a world of high respect for anyone that's really doing it. (laughs) That's great. That's great to hear. And um, is there any unreleased Tupac music that people might want to hear? I think so, since they email me every single day. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we are entitled to 13 unreleased Tupac Shakur songs. Okay. And we are planning, God willing, I can't promise this, but our goal is to try to put out a very pure Tupac album working with the person who um, uh, engineered All Eyes on Me, Rick Clifford, and the the team that, 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 that made that brilliant project happen uh, uh, audio-wise, and um, uh, release it for his birthday in June 2010. That's our goal. Wow, that would be that would be fantastic. We're definitely looking forward to that. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. I am too. I'm a huge Tupac fan. I just, you know, in that world where people go, which Beatle did you like? You know, I was always a Tupac person. So, <laughs> so with with your vast amount of industry music knowledge, um, you, we have a lot of our listeners that are up and coming artists. Um, if an artist nowadays, if they're looking to really catch the attention of a, a major label or some investors or somebody that might help them take their career to the next level, like what type of advice could you give to someone that, that doesn't have any buzz or that, that nobody knows them and they're trying to come up? Well, um, we're living in an interesting age that's quite deceptive um, mm-hmm. because we're living in a digital age where viral dissemination of music is, so rampant that discovery of new product is very difficult because mm-hmm. we're overwhelmed now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I think if it's an urban artist, I'm assuming we're talking about mostly hip-hop and rap right now? Yeah, mostly hip-hop and rap, or, or R&B. Okay. Or, yeah. um, you know, first of all, um, 
the basic tools and indicators that we look at is we do jump on MySpace and see, you know, what's the activity there. Yeah. Um, I don't count it, but if there's, like, no activity, that looks bad. Okay. Um, if there's a tons of activity, that looks good. That's what happened with Drake. He put a mixed excuse me, a mixtape up on there, and it and because he was also a TV star, he's able to attract attention. Exactly. Um, but, um... <sighs> <laughs> I know it's a tough subject. <laughs> well, I think that the key is, is to, like in any business, before you take it to venture capital or investors, which is all that these companies are, or individuals, exactly. mm-hmm. um, is you have to build your valuation sufficiently. So what would that mean? That would mean product quality, so you want to get the highest quality you can, which is very doable in today's technology, so no ghetto bullshit. <laughs> you want the you want the presentation to look good, you know. Um you know, take a hard look at what's selling out there and understand, you know, who your demographic is. Um you want to have a tremendous work ethic. Um it's not a business where you can wake and bake. It's a business where you have to really focus. Mm-hmm. Um it's a business where you have to stay humble too, I think, because um, it's very annoying for executives to listen to someone who just keeps telling you they're the next big thing, you know. So it's it's better to just come in very gentle and humble. I think the main thing is is that you have to build a regional following. You have to get to a place where there's notice. And then you have to come in sort of with indie street cred, okay, not try to look all slick. Uh-huh. And I I think that um you know that and then try to um get some proper showcasing you know for writers I would suggest they talk to ASCAP or BMI about creating some community um, producers there's some communities for that as well mm-hmm. uh you know um uh you okay. know all right so basically in a nutshell you're saying get out there and and grind and and build your brand a little bit before you even attempt to get people to notice you. <laughs> right, I agree. And I think that in any situation, any business, you want to get your, you know, your market valuation up to a point where it's kind of undeniable. And so what are the what are the parameters for that? Well, one of them is high quality product, okay? The other is, you know, utilize the internet as much as possible, internet radio, mm-hmm. you know, um any of the tools that are available. Um, be savvy about you know digital um, dissemination of widgets and different things that you can spread out with people. Um, take a hard look at terrestrial to online campaigns, which go from you know letting people know about you to getting them online to become you know essentially what we call opted in end users, but fans mm-hmm. that that want to hear from you again. Mm-hmm. And then it's about um, you know, networking in a place where proper showcases can happen, and that's where ASCAP and BMI and and those guys play in. You know, they're trying to create vehicles for people to get seen. And then the other thing is, is that you know, um, people like Drake were smart. You know, they went out and got discovered by Lil Wayne and stuff. You know, they definitely made sure they were in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And what worked was he was humble through the whole thing. He was yeah. he didn't have no attitude, so he was definitely you know one of these people who who came in non-threatening and, uh, you know, created a huge valuation for himself. Yeah, definitely. That's one thing that a lot of people say about Drake is that he's very humble. He is humble because he should be. I mean, this is amazing what's happened to him, and it could get taken away in a second. Yeah. And he's come in incredibly talented, and, 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 you know, by the grace of God, he's getting to do this amazing thing that he's always wanted to do, and I think he's very, very grateful. I think he understands. 
you know Definitely. how significant this is. Definitely. But um, would 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 we see anything like a um a death row reality show or anything like that? Because I would be interested in watching watching how watching the whole process of you pulling out your hair every day and calling people and and I think that would be pretty interesting. <laughs> Well, come on over and be my assistant, man. You can watch it every single damn day. (laughs) I mean, I have my hands full here. Um, Do I want the general public to see the hell I'm going through? (laughs) Okay. All right. It it was just something I I thought about because I was sitting here and I was like, wow, I won't be interested in seeing what she goes through every day, calling people and trying to get people involved in the the new formation of the label and everything. I, I, I would be very interested in that. But hey. Well, I don't know. I don't want to do a reality show, but I think we are going to do a Death Row documentary. We're in good talks with QD3 um, about working together to create a feature film and a documentary. And, you know, Quincy Jones 3, he's done a lot of work in the documentary field and production field. And okay. He did the liner notes for the Chronic Relit, which we want everyone September 1st to go out and buy Chronic Relit and From the Vault, From the Vault, From the Vault, From the Vault. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Wow. So, do you uh, are you into like social media, like uh, Twitter and Facebook and MySpace and all that? Um, I will be fair and say that I am barely trying to keep up with my Facebook. Um, but I have a team. I have a wonderful team who are. We're all over Twitter. We're all over MySpace. We're all over Facebook. And we are very responsive to folks. Okay. So, um, yes. There is all that stuff. If you go to deathrowmusic.com, death mm-hmm. um, which the site should be up any day now, but the links for YouTube account and Twitter and all that stuff are up there right now. Okay, okay. Well, um, as, um, that pretty much does it for, you know, all the questions and, uh, and interesting things that I had to say. But is there anything you would like to say as far as, um, you know, uh, about death row or, or where they can, you know, get more information about you know, what you guys are going to do and everything? Well, yeah, I mean, I want to underscore that we are celebrating and honoring Dr. Dre with the Chronic Relit and From the Vault, and we are um, putting out a CD of 16 songs of the original Chronic, uh, digitally remastered, and then a DVD that has a ton of video footage, including a very rare, never-before-seen 30-minute Dr. Dre interview where he's sitting in the studio talking about life, the universe, and everything, and he looks fantastic in it, Wow! Um, and he's very well-spoken, as we know, so, um, and then on that, there's seven songs of artists from the death row chronic time that were all, you know, part of the chronic development um, that have never been released or rare releases, and then uh, once we get the site going, people will be able to, without required purchase, go to deathrowmusic.com and, um, uh, opt in to win a free trip to Los Angeles, and um, when they do that, they get to download six more unreleased songs from our vault um, at no charge. And then the seventh song is a mystery artist, and there's a snippet of a demo, um, which is from deep, deep, deep in the vault, and they have to name the mystery artist to be eligible for the drawing for the trip to Los Angeles. So okay. we're having some fun with it. Wow, definitely. It sounds like it. Definitely. Um, I will definitely make sure that everybody knows about that. A free trip and, and free music. Free is always good. 
Yeah, well, you know what's hilarious is, like, we were talking about, oh, let's send them in L.A. Let's send them to Compton, relive the experience. <laughs> it won't be real bullets, but you'll think it is, you know. But you know what? Compton is cleaned up quite a bit right now, so we've got to find somewhere else to send them. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> Disregard the last statement. <laughs> Compton, that would be interesting. Oh, no. 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 But we anyway. definitely, we de- it, was a, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. And we love Death Row, and we love uh, the music that we that's going to come out, and we love the catalog, too. So Great. Well, spread the word and tell people that it's going to take us a while to get it completely right. Be patient with us. All haters need not apply. We just need support. <laughs> Thank you very much, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. And uh, how long have you been at your position now? Um, well, I've been in my position as the CEO of Wide Awake since um, January 1, 2006. Okay. And I have been running Death Row since January 15, 2009. Okay. All right. So good. The best of luck with your new position. And, Thank um, you. Definitely. And, and like I said, we love Death Row, and we're looking forward to hearing more. Excellent. Thank God. For, for records. Thank God for gangster rap. Go, go, go. Buy that stuff. All right. <laughs> Bye, you guys. And, and you. deep respect to everybody, really. We, we, we couldn't do this without the fans, and we know it. So we're very grateful. So we're going to try to give back as much as we can, okay? Thank you. All right, man. You be well. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, people. We just spoke to Miss. Lara Lavi, the CEO of Death Row, a very cool, very cool person. Um, She explained a lot what's going on with Death Row, with the catalog and everything, and we appreciate uh, her taking out the time out of her extremely busy schedule to talk with us. So um, we're just going to get into a a few songs right now, you know. um, So, uh, you know, I know you guys are tired of all that talking, right? (laughs) So we're, we're going to get into a little um, melage, the new gr- group signed to uh, Roll smooth with a bang. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. You know it ain't chicken if you got it. Chicken if you got it, what you asking? Shout it. You know that I got that cash. You don't even have to ask. No. Have anything you want to. Because I can make it rain on you. Because you know it ain't chicken if you got it. I can't help but stop and stare. Pull the sack out of my pocket. 
pocket and say, can I touch you there? Without no underwear, I think that I possess a pair. Slide them on in the morning, I love how you're performing. The more I made it bring her body organ to be stored. Long choking from the center, body quivers, I deliver. Love a picture with a tip, I am something to remember. Shouty, you know that I got that cash. You don't even Anything you want to Cause I can make it rain on you Cause you know what I Period. 
it so easy. I make it look so easy. And I do it so easy. I make it look so easy. Now they acting as shy of coming out 
God as my witness, there's never a fucking doubt. I have gone through a share of despair. All I'm saying is it's done, and it made me the person that's here today. And if someone is listening, maybe you feel in pain for yourself. But I'm here to just tell you it goes away, niggas. I want you to remember my name, name. I want you to remember my name, huh? Yeah. So well. Vibe out with me. They say life's not about how many breaths you take, but times that take your breath away. And so many of us worrying about the past, we can't get back yesterday. And even though you might come from the bottom, don't mean that the bottom's where you're meant to stay. And there's no better time like the present to go get it. If you feel me, stand up and say, I gotta do it right now, 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 right now. Try to make excuses, man. Shit. Motherfucker shit, I can't drop 12 CDs. Fucking one year. Fuck that, man. People always gonna say something. Gonna say you can't do shit, man. Say you trying to eat right, niggas be like, yo, man, don't get too small. Say you won't work out, niggas be like, yo, man, don't get too big. Pause. Fuck that. Get it. Know how it feel to wake up fucked up. Pockets broke as hell, another rock to sell. People look at you like you's the user, selling drugs to all the losers, mad Buddha abuser. But they don't know about your stress-filled day. Baby on the way, mad bills to pay. That's why you drink Tangeray, so you can reminisce and wish you wasn't living so devilish. Shit, I remember I was just like you, smoking blunts with my crew, flipping those 62s, because GED wasn't B-I-G. I had to get P-A-D, that's why my mom hate me. She was forced to kick me out, no doubt. Then I figured out, this went for 20 down south. Packed up my tools for my raw power moves. Glock 19 for casket and flower moves. For Trump trying to stop my flow. And what they don't know will show on the autopsy. Went to see Poppy to cop me a brick. Asked for some consignment, he wasn't trying to hear it. Smoking mad new ports, cause I'm doing court for an assault that I caught in Bridgeport, New York. Catch me if you can, like the gingerbread man. You better have your cat in hand, cause man. Way to Maryland with my man Two Tech to take over this project. They call him Two Tech, he told Two Tech. And when he starts to bust, he like to ask who's next. I got my honey on the Amtrak with the crack in the crack of a hash. Two pounds of hash in the stash. I wait for Hun to make some quick pass. I told her she could be lieutenant, bitch got gas. At last, I'm literally lounging black, sitting back, counting double digit thousand stacks. Had to re up, see what's up with my beats. Toyota dealer gone, had it cheap on the Jeep. See who got smoked, what rumors were spread. Last I heard, I was dead, with six to the head. Then I got the phone call, it couldn't hit me harder. We got infiltrated, like Nino at the Carter. Heard that got murdered in the town I never heard about. Some bitch named Alberta over nickel plated burners. And my bitch, swear to God, she won't snitch. I told her when she hit the bricks, I make the hooker rich. Conspiracy, she'll be home in three Until then I look out for the whole family A true G, that's me blowing like a bubble In the everyday struggle
and have a good night. Now, let, let, let all your men right there. Hey, baby. She's with us. Let me be on these small bottles. like to thank Miss Lara Lavi for calling in, the new CEO of Death Row Records. Uh, we had a great conversation about where uh, she was going to take Death Row Records and the future and everything. We like to appreciate everybody for listening and checking us out. Um, you can definitely look for, as she said, the new material. She, They have some uh, unrele- unreleased two-part tracks that they're going to be releasing, and um, you can definitely look forward to that. But, um, we appreciate everybody for listening. Make sure you keep checking us out. Uh, www.spatemag.com, spatetv.com, and spateradio.com. Next week, all right, next week, people, we got the new boys in the house on Tuesday. And uh, hopefully we'll get rain. Uh, he'll be in the house uh, either this week or next week. And uh, my boy Jay Mills, uh, hopefully we'll be talking to him sometime next week. Going to catch him, try and catch him when he's off the tour and everything, because Young Money's on tour right now. So thank you again for everybody for listening, and keep listening, checking us out. Man, we here. All right, later.